Welcome to JR Out Loud, the podcast of Jewish Renaissance magazine. I'm Judy Herman, and the noises you can hear off, wouldn't it be lovely if they were the noises of the cast of Fiddle on the Roof at the Menu Chocolate Factory rehearsing? Actually, it's the traffic in the street outside, Suffolk Street, and lots of rumblings overhead <laughs> and around from London Bridge Station. But I'm very lucky because I'm today, I'm with Stuart Clark, a.k.a. Perchick. Mm-hmm the revolutionary in so many ways. You've got the beard, you've got <laughs> yes. a magnificent beard. Yes. Tell me about you and Perchick, because I think he's a terrific character. If I wanted to fall in love with anybody, and I was one of those daughters, I'd, want, I'd be hot You'd be going for Perchick? I'd be going for Perchick. Of a model? Yeah. A poor tailor? But he's got so much going for him. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, but you know, <laughs> the, the romance is all in, in Perchick. Yes. So, first of all, you explain your Perchick. Well, I think, to be honest, I think you're right. I would say that, but I think Perchik is uh, definitely one of the most fascinating characters in the show, mainly in that he is quite a unique perspective for Fiddler, uh, in that he's not actually a part of the community from the very beginning. He's an outsider coming in. I mean, he's welcomed and he's very much taken in by Anatevka and, and the villagers there, but he is... He's this romantic, revolutionary idealist from Kiev, and he has ideas that, that really actually push a lot, of, um, a lot of the changes that occur throughout the show. Um, he, he questions a lot of the traditions, he questions a lot of the ideals of these villages, and that is a thing that absolutely, I think, changes a lot of Tevye's views, obviously changes a lot of Hoddle's views as well. Um, and therefore, I think he's really interesting in how he relates to many of the characters within the show. I think he's brilliant in that he reflects a lot of what is happening outside Anatevka, uh, because obviously Anatevka in the show is very insular. It's very protected. They're all essentially sticking their heads in the sand and ignoring everything outside of their own village. And I think that Perchik as a character is the one who comes in and says, no, you need to see what's going on outside. You need to be aware of these, these, these huge changes in the world. I mean, he, he keeps saying the world is changing. The world is changing. Um, whether you like it or not, and I think that reflects so much on our world today as well, is the idea that things are progressing, things are changing. Whether you and your isolated community recognizes it or not, it will happen. And kind of you kind of need to be ready for it or at least aware of it um and i think that's what makes him interesting he he reflects so many bigger ideals to these characters you said that with such fire i can imagine <laughs> you on the stage going for it Vibrant. i mean as you say he does it's interesting because even theodore who is a christian he doesn't represent anything outside Anatevka. he doesn't mm. really know about the big wide world the way you do yeah. and, and you are also astonishingly brave because you well you are, I mean, you, you obviously you've got that student background from Kiev, yeah. but we know that you're, you're going to strike out into the unknown and land up in Siberia. So tell me a bit about the sort of research you and the rest of the cast, particularly you, mm-hmm. might have done into the background, the, the Kiev thing, yes, the revolution, course. going to Siberia, which is something that happened for, sadly for decades and decades. Oh my goodness, of course. And what wasn't a death sentence, although it sounds like no, it, doesn't it? No, it wasn't a death sentence. And actually, uh, doing a bit of research, quite a few of these student revolutionaries, especially around 1905 and that sort of time, 
they went to Siberia and they actually continued their work and continued meeting in groups within this prison, which is obviously an issue. If you send a lot of people with similar ideals to us at the same place, they're gonna find each other and they're gonna keep working on that. Um, I think one of the most interesting things that came out of research for me personally regarding Perchik uh, was this idea of a parallel with uh, Leon Trotsky and actually how similar uh, that period of their life was for those characters. Um, Trotsky uh, was, was a student around Kiev at that sort of time of the, uh, the early 20th century and similarly was actually exiled to Siberia um, for radical idealism uh, at the same time. And here's the kicker, he actually married someone in Siberia at the same time Hoddle would be marrying Perchik. Um, he then obviously returned to, uh, to St. Petersburg, joined the Bolsheviks and the rest is history. But I think that's, that is so fascinating to mm -hmm. see that the, the, Perchik is not, he's not an invention of Shalom Aleichem. He is, uh, he, that, he was, I mean, yes, he might be a combination of several different facets, but he is a real person. His experiences are real um, and his, his politics is real. So it was, it was, it was really interesting for me I mean, I've always been a Russian history buff mm -hmm. since GCSE history. I've, I've loved that period. Okay, um, so it was, it, was, it was so lovely to revisit that, mm -hmm. revisit the Bolshevik Manifesto, just work out exactly, you know, what were they fighting for? What were they fighting against? Um, and ultimately, what it meant for the sort of this, this, this lower surf class um, and why, why there was so much passion uh, to, to overthrow uh, this sort of czarist dynasty of oppression, uh, which totally makes sense. And again, it's, it's, it comes back in cycles. It's, it's this, this underclass, um, as we see you know, right now, of disenfranchised people who don't have a say, who don't feel like they are represented, are looking for these, these massive, gregarious kind of demonstrations um, that we're seeing, both on the right and the left, even today. So you're saying it's got that resonance for now, oh, totally. Definitely. And also the movement of people. I mean, the, the, the whole Jewish population of Anatevka is joining an enormous movement of people across Europe because of pogrom. Um, some will land up in America, as mm -hmm. we know. Mm -hmm. And I think is it um, Yentl who says that she's uh, the matchmaker says she's going, Yentl's going to Krakow, if I remember rightly. Uh, the matchmaker heads no. to Jerusalem. Is it Jerusalem? Uh, a few head to Krak Poland. Yeah. Some go to yes, Poland. Yes, yeah, yes. Some, some will, as you say, some will land up in Palestine mm -hmm. and Canada, all France, over. All yeah. over. And, all over. And, uh, but that's what we're seeing now as well with these great big movements of people. Well, as we know, you know whether it's Across from Colombia to Mexico oh my now, or the movements across Europe and across Greece, you know, and, and and always, I suppose there was always going to be that suspicion that they would be held under when they arrived, and that they'd have to make good. Mm. But that we we should remember, we all come from that stock, probably. Well, absolutely, absolutely. This this history of of people being forced off their land for unthinkable reasons. Um, is, is a timeless theme. It is happening all the time. However, however secure we may feel, um, you know, in our current society and houses and whatever, there are people, as you say, being absolutely pushed out of their homes. Um, you know, Syria and all that, as you say, coming through the Mediterranean, the, 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 the jungle, 
forming in Calais, yes. the camp, you know, mm -hmm. these, that's, it's the same thing. These refugees without a place to go, looking, searching for a home mm -hmm. to, to, to put their roots, at least temporarily. Yes. Now, have you, as a cast, presumably you've all been discussing this sort of background, and so what is Trevor Nunn's take on it? Because, I mean, there's been a fairly recent revival in Chichester, obviously, mm. um, where they did go quite big on that. You could feel the move. Actually, they, they began that one with the arrival in Anatevka in the first place, which was quite interesting, because oh, they wouldn't have been there forever. Yes, so yeah. I, found that, I found that very interesting. That so interesting. so uh, before we go back to, to my, my favorite pair, as I say, <laughs> you and Hodrell, <laughs> <laughs> there's much more to say about you. Yes. What's the sort of overarching take of the production? Um, so Trevor was very, very much insistent from day one um, that the point of this production was to, I think it's very, it's very easy to go and see a production of Fiddler on the Roof in a proscenium arch theater uh, and sit in your red velvet seat in the stalls, in the grand, in the royal circle, in this large opulent theater and see, see this drama unfolding on the stage, but from a distance, you're watching it. You're watching it from your seat going, oh, that's nice, I can go home later and have a cup of tea and have a bath and it's lovely and that's, that's horrible, but you know, at least I'm sitting in this theatre. And I think very much the point of this, this production is that we, we are in this together. And as soon as, you, as soon as you're gonna enter this space, you are in the shtetl. You're part of this community. Um, and in so becoming part of the community, you are complicit with what then happens with the community. You are attached, you know, the, 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 the design of the set that we've got, uh, even the way that the seats are covered, uh, it's all gonna be part of the same material, it's all gonna be part of the same design. You know, you, we, you, you're gonna walk in uh, and there's gonna be mud around, and I, this is the plan, there's gonna be mud around, the village is gonna be there, the seats sort of come out of the village, it's all part of the same design, so you cannot escape this feeling of being part of the shuttle and seeing this, this, I think there's gonna be this real grounded, earthy, realist um, depiction of the shuttle of the, the, these characters, they're not, gonna, they're not gonna walk on, do their scene, walk off. There's gonna be a, a, a life to the shtetl going on in and around the drama that unfolds as well. And I think then that makes the denouement at the very end, uh, this, this crushing, horrible finale of, of everything being uprooted and sent away, all the more tragic. Because A, you're, you're involved with that, and B, you're, you're then left in that mm. space, that emptiness. That emptiness is not on the stage over there. You're, you're in it. And what was once this bustling, lively, vibrant community is just this empty stage that you are in. Gosh. I think that, that to me is, is the point of this production, mm. is to get people inside the shtetl. Mm. Gosh, that, that certainly sounds very different. It sounds as if you ought to be doing it without an interval, really. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean if it wasn't as long as it was, we probably would. Yeah. Um, but yes, people are gonna need a, a toilet break at some point, I suppose I'm sure. so, yes, my goodness. <laughs> Presumably can't provide yes, authentic shuttle um, facilities. No. <laughs> no, no, I think we might get some complaints. <laughs> yes, well, now, so let's go back to the, the, this beautiful love story between Perchik and Hoddle. And your groundbreak, a groundbreaking couple, I mean, you know, you, you meet, she teases you, I think, um, yes, and, yes. But probably the attraction's there straight away. You must, sh you must be the most unusual 
figure who's ever walked into her life. I probably yes, in that he is that exotic and different mm. from. I mean, the very first number is tradition. Everything is traditional. Uh, Hoddle's first song is about. Oh, I hope I get matched with mm. a nice man. You know, everything about her life has these ex expectations and traditions, and then suddenly there's this guy who comes in who's like, no, forget all of that. That's all nonsense. Mm. You know, do what you want. Um, but I think I think it is interesting actually that it's not especially in this production, I think it's not a case of Perchick arrives and totally just sweeps Hoddle off her feet and she's just mm. in this whirlwind romance. No, it's very much um, Perchick arrives and yes, he sees Hoddle as a very attractive young lady, but I think what it absolutely immediately engages him is her brain. Mm. I don't think Perchick's ever met a woman who can match him intellectually as well as Hoddle can. You know, from that very, there's, there's a very first meeting they have, and uh, Perchik is describing himself as a great teacher, and she comes with this fantastic line, which is like, oh, I've heard that a self-praising rabbi has a congregation of one. <laughs> and Perchik's immediately thrown by that, and he's like, oh my goodness, she's witty, she's clever, she could understand the ideals that I have, we could share the same intellectual discussions. I think that's what grabs him, is this idea of having an intellectual equal who can change the world with him. Yeah, so, to quote Shakespeare, it's a marriage of true minds that overcomes the impediment of tradition Absolutely. and mums and dads Absolutely. who think they should be organising uh, matches. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is, no, it is a radical uh, relationship, absolutely. They, they break so many boundaries mm. together. Um, I mean, obviously you've got Seidel and Mottl breaking the first one, breaking the first mm. one but they, they do go to Tevye and ask for, uh, for his permission. Mm. Um, Hoddle and Perchy do not. They say, no, we're going to get married. We'd like your blessing, mm. but we are going to do it whether you say so or not. And that's huge. Mm. And at the wedding, they are the first couple to dance together as man and woman in public such which is a big deal why it sounds crazy doesn't it that you know oh at a wedding you can't dance with a, a, a man and a woman can't dance together but this was huge they had ropes in between them ah you know the, i'm sure you know this i'm sure you've discussed it the very orthodox communities the haredi still do yes indeed no it's it's mm. a it's a tradition still followed by yeah. by many communities but it, it they do absolutely push a lot of boundaries mm. i mean obviously um Kravers and Fiedka's relationship is the one that, you know, breaks the, it's the straw that breaks the camel's back for Tevye. But absolutely, I think Perchik and Hoddle definitely are the most radical in terms of their thinking. It's very elegant. I've always thought that. And I, I presume it goes back to Sholem and Aika, but the structure of each child, each daughter breaking a tradition. But as you say, it, it's a sequence. Um, I, the first couple they are going to get married, but they do ask permission. Um, and, and they get the permission, but mm -hmm. they have to work quite hard for yes. it. You're not going to ask, and you make it totally clear. And then the one that really does overstep the mark, what, what, what's called marrying out. Mm -hmm. And it's quite heartbreaking. Yes. I mean, we've, we, we literally did, um, we were staging the final scene uh, today. Um, and just watching... Oh, I'm getting a bit choked up now. Um, yeah, I, no, no, I'm no. Choked up thinking about you, it. You, <coughs> you watch this this, this final mm. sequence where Tevi has struggled with Kava's uh, decision, mm. and ultimately found that he can't, he cannot handle that. That is a step too far. Lets her go. 
she returns to say goodbye. And he resists, he resists, he resists. He can't look at her, he can't do it. And then he just says, and God be with you. And then that's, that's it. That's all it is. And it's just so, it's heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. How, you know, he's already, he's already had to say goodbye to Hoddle, who's gone off to Siberia. It's, well, you're right, though. It is, it is, it's not a traditional structure in terms of a book musical. Mm. You almost, I mean, if you are following Shalom Aleichem's style, you do have these, these vignettes, these, um, these sort of short stories mm. with, a, with, with a through line of, of, of Tevye and his family. Um, but they do, they build, they build, they build, they build to this crushing climax. And then obviously the, um, the one that affects the entire community, which comes out of that. And it is, it is, it's heartbreaking. Um, and there is, there is no, there's no happy resolution. There is only the unknown. And I think that's, that's the most terrifying thing of all is that these characters who you've grown to love and, You've seen, you've seen them struggle, you've seen them in heartwarming situations, you've seen them in difficult situations, and the terrible thing is that you just you don't know what they're going to face. You talked about what they, they might face. I mean, what, what do you, you've talked a little bit about Trotsky meet, meeting and marrying mm. in Siberia. So um, there is, as you say, there is hope. So have you talked at all about what you're projecting for the future, for example, for YouTube? Or? Um, for Perching and Hoddle, I would, I would imagine, actually, that they, they probably do follow quite a similar um, pathway to, to someone like Trotsky, in that as soon as, as soon as they are released, well, as soon as he is released from, uh, from Siberia, he would head to some kind of capital, municipal capital, and um, absolutely, as a pair, they would, they would attempt to join um, the revolution and, and, and change the world. That is... That is their aim as a pair, I think. Um, how successful they are in that, I don't know. I mean, for every Leon Trotsky, there is an unnamed revolutionary who was e either died or was lost to the history books. Or, or, or got murdered by Stalin. Exactly, like, yes. Like, like Trotsky. Yes. You're, have you actually ever been to Kiev or any of the places mentioned in the story? No, sadly not. I would, <laughs> I would love to. I would love to go to, uh, to Eastern Europe and, and sort of the Russian area. Um, mm. But I personally haven't haven't been there. Um, but you've read a lot about I've, it. Yes, it's, yes I've, I've I've read a lot about it. And uh, no, I'd, I'd say, <laughs> I mean, obviously we had the Russian World Cup uh, oh, this year, <laughs> so I saw a lot of football stadiums. Uh, but no, no, most of my most of my knowledge has come from reading. Mm, that, that, that's fair do. And the, the rest of the cast, I mean, have, do you all have these discussions about where where they think their characters are going to end up? Because Somehow to me that is important that they have an afterlife. I know that a previous Hoddle wrote a book about what happened to Perchick and Hoddle. Did she really? Yes. Do you know? Like a novel. It was the last one that was in London. Oh, really? Yeah. The, the one at the Savoy? I yeah. will have to look that yeah, up. Yeah, she um, did, yes. I haven't seen that. I can't remember what her name is. I did just actually talk to her all that time ago yeah. before she wrote the book. Oh, wow. She may want to have a quick look and see what she came up with. That would be very mm -hmm. interesting, mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah, definitely. Because I think, you know, somehow you. I know you. You want to be in the moment and not know what's going to happen, but it's sort of quite nice to, to have a projection as yes, well. Yes, yeah. Well, let's talk about Andy Nyman, okay. who I have met sure. and I've interviewed and I've seen him do an awful lot of really funny roles <laughs> and really dark roles because yes. that's his big thing, isn't it? You know, his dark, dark sort of tales and so forth. Mm. Um, 
but he is Jewish, mm -hmm. and he has done Jewish roles before, because that's what I interviewed him about. Um, what's his take on Tevye? Because he's not, I can't, see, you know, the heart of gold thing, or you know, whatever it is that Tevye is, is mm -hmm. not what I've ever seen him do anything <laughs> like before. Um, well, I, I worked, uh, I worked with Andy a couple of years ago here, actually, oh, doing, doing Assassins. Um, oh, of course, Assassins, I saw that. Did you see yes, Assassins? Yes, yes, which obviously, yes. I, I mean, talk about a dark show. Yeah, this dark is, show by Jew, yes. Every, everyone is playing, literally <laughs> yes. someone. What did you play? I was uh, Giuseppe Zangara. Oh, right. So Excellent. I was, I was an Italian immigrant, tried to kill mm. Theodore Roosevelt. Um, but yes, I mean, obviously that was a dark show, and mm. he was playing a maniac, uh, for want of a better word. Um, but no, this is a complete departure from that for, for Andy. I think... I, it's a, it's a really interesting role because, as you say, it is one of, it's, it's a role that the audience has got to fall in love with. Mm. You have to, have to empathise with Tevye's um, plight, with his, mm. you know, his struggles and his angst. Um, but, obviously, for, for some modern audiences, some of what he's wrestling with uh, is a little archaic. This idea of, oh, should I let my daughter marry, mm. should I not? So it's a, it's a tricky balance to get with that idea of, oh, well, I want to empathize with Tevier, but I also need to understand where he's coming from, from his context and from his time, which I think Andy nails. Um, he's, he's playing it very truthfully, uh, very, you know, very honorably, and I think he's very invested in the naturalism that we were discussing mm -hmm. earlier. Um, this idea of let's make the shtetl real, let's make these characters real, they're not caricatures. These are real people with real problems doing real things. And I think he's really invested in that, which, which is brilliant because that makes those really, really heartbreaking scenes, the scene with Hoddle saying goodbye to Hoddle as she goes to Siberia, the scene with Chava that we spoke about, um, they, just, they just get you because you're, you're like, this is, a, this is a real father really struggling with this. this and, you know, yes, he's, he's speaking to the audience and he's... You know, he's, he's got these little one-liners because he's established this dialogue with the audience. And they're funny, but they're not, they're not punchlines. No. They're real conversations that he's either happening with God or I with the audience. I should say, then with God. And with God, yes, indeed. <laughs> the gods and God. Um, yeah, they, these are real conversations. Then it's, he's, not, he's not playing them for laughs, mm. and I think that makes them more powerful. Mm. So let's talk about your hoddle. Lovely Harriet Bunton, yes. Mm. You presumably forged a, a beautiful relationship <laughs> with your songs, because you've got songs, haven't you? There's yes, one. Um, we've, got, we've got a lovely song called uh, Now I Have Everything, mm. um, which, really interestingly, I was speaking to our MD, Paul Bagayev, uh, last night, um, 